What's going on guys? It's Cassius here on the Second Floor Podcast. Today's guest is Alex Eskendarka. He is the co-creator and host of the Gifted Gab Podcast. Born and raised in Toronto, he spent most of his time in Edmonton initially playing basketball at the university level and left, then returned with his family, prompting them to start a family business here in North Edmonton called Kashan Persian Rugs. His experience working alongside his brother and pulling entrepreneurial experience from his father led him to learn the ins and outs of operations, marketing, and most importantly, community. Alex is also the co-founder of the Collective for Black Iranians, an international nonprofit focused on public education, advocacy, and amplification of stories centered around Afro-Iranians and Black Iranians within the diaspora, as well as Iran. Alex refers to his work as creative capitalism mixed with conscious capitalism and continues to find new ways to disrupt through art. We had a fantastic conversation about leadership, what it takes to run your own business, and mentality of what it takes to build something out of nothing. So without further ado, guys, let's dive in. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Book Woman. Book Woman is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Metis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomanpodcast.ca. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Alex, my brother, thank you for coming on to the second floor. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> reset from, from previous because <laughs> I didn't turn on the uh, the H6. Um, yeah, you've had an interesting come up, man. Um, you know, I've I've been following you on Instagram. I've seen kind of the projects you've been you've been doing. You know, we were chatting, you know, a couple weeks ago about about the things that you've been working on. Um, the stuff you've been doing on the Gifted Gab, which is super dope. I saw um, the episode you did with Karam listen to the entire thing uh, i thought it was super dope so i thought i'd reach out so appreciate you man yeah so welcome to the second floor thank you yeah. thank you for having me yeah so i think uh you know because this is the business series i kind of want to before we get into all the business stuff i want to get into your come up mm -hmm. i want to get into you know uh your backstory a little bit and how you got a to where you are and i know there's you know you got a lot more things going um but i want to kind of know where everything kind of started Man, everything for me started with basketball. Um, you know, my, my mom, I was living with my mom in Toronto. My dad lived in Calgary. So I spent a lot of time here in Alberta, you know, summers and stuff. Uh, but, you know, growing up in Toronto, basketball is all we know. Um, and it, it, it landed me in Edmonton. Uh, that story is, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story, but, you know, I really had a hard time staying put in one place. Um, I was always curious to see what was on the other side of a lot of places. And uh, when I ended up in Edmonton, I saw a lot, of, a lot of opportunity here. You know, coming from a city where people have multiple hustles, you know. Uh, I watched my mom, you know, she had, obviously she had a part-time job, but she also had a hustle on the side. People I grew up with had hustles on the side. And, you know, my dad is a, serial entrepreneur um when he was in calgary he had been working out out here in alberta for a bit but he did have the desire to go back into the business world and i think i tried to run from that side of me um i think now it's the word entrepreneur is such a buzzword um and me when i was playing basketball you think that you're gonna just play basketball right uh i just wanted to get my education 
you know get a job and just be sustainable mm. um but i think you know there was some other plans for me and 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 you know being back and forth my dad had expressed the interest in going back into business and i said you know yeah uh why not edmonton you know uh, calgary was cool but i never really felt at home in calgary mm. it was either toronto or edmonton so i spent some time in edmonton playing basketball there and i just saw a, a, a booming metropolis you know something on the come up uh it was very entrepreneur friendly yeah creator friendly and um i had been working after my my basketball stint i'd been working with the city of calgary for a bit and my dad wanted to start it up me and my brother were said you know we're in uh, it was the summertime yeah and while i had this office job working with the city which in my field you know i studied sociology minored in kin so what i was doing with the city was right in my alley and we said okay let's start up the store persian rugs and for six months monday to friday i'd be working at the office friday night i would drive up to edmonton help my pops help my brother out with the store with the startup and stuff and that was the thing for a good six months you know um at that point i was kind of seeing learning a lot from the business world being right up in it um i mean starting out i'm never i was never like oh i want to sell rugs you know it's not something that really fascinates me but it was a good opportunity for me to learn learn the business world from like being right up in it and helping to build something right um in september of that year i know it's all over the place but uh i think yeah six months in i'd left my job with the city and said you know i'm gonna do this uh relocate back to edmonton uh, and help out with this thing full-time kind of and uh at that point i still wasn't finished school so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and finish my schooling. And then, you know, one thing at a time, you know, when I finish my school, the schooling thing, then I can, you know, think about the next steps. Um, because I was playing basketball when I started school, I wanted to make sure that, you know, when I step away from the game, I had taken something from it, you know, and for me, that was education. Uh, growing up in Toronto, I was, there was too many instances where guys would go and play at a high level, go play somewhere outside of the city, but come back empty-handed. And you know, I made a promise to myself: you know, I didn't want to be one of those guys. You know, uh, like regardless of the circumstances, you came in here, you're a student athlete, you got to walk out with something. Especially if you're dedicating all these years to to hooping. You know, so. While working in the store with my pops, you know, I was able to finish my degree uh, at a distance. And I had started to ask that question for myself, you know, what do I really want to do? You know, like the store is cool and it's, it's, it's business, it's a family thing. But there's, there's got to be more too, you know. Mm. Um, and at the time I was still, you know, I was doing the modeling thing. Um and that's fun too, but it's a very superficial business. Obviously, you get picked based on what you look like. Yeah. So I felt a little bit of a, a void in terms of you know being able to put myself out there, uh, my my beliefs, my ideologies, the things I go by. So uh, I connected with my man Andre. You know, I had known him prior to being in Edmonton, but. We scrimmage our teams that scrimmage against each other, and we reconnected naturally. When you see somebody from your city in another city, you know you gravitate towards that, and you know you hang out, and yeah. So the question for me was, you know, even though I had stepped away from basketball, I was like, you know, what else? What else do I want to do with my life? And he was still playing, but he was also asking asking himself that question. So out of that, you know, we started the gifted gab. Uh, we were just you know willing to do it for free for fun for you know for the for the for the you know for the fun of it. Um, but it became uh, it it got real quickly you know, mm. and we just chipped away 
at it slowly, slowly. And it was for us a way to put ourselves out there, ask the questions, answer questions that we had, uh, not just about society and, and pop culture and things that are going on, but also about ourselves. You know, uh, I always... I act like I have all the answers, but I'm really a student of everything. I'm always trying to soak in things. You know, I'm I'm always taking notes from people. And it became this baby. The Gifted Gab was like me and Andre's baby. And we just wanted to nurture it while having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of led me to all the other projects and stuff that I've been doing. So I know I look like I've always got a lot of things going on, but... uh it, 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 I just find ways to make it work and, you know, it challenged me to really manage my time, you know, and, and learn to say no to some things that weren't for me mm-hmm. because I've always been willing to just try anything and, and figure it out on the way, on the way, you know. So it's been quite the journey. Um, it feels like I've been doing it forever. It's only yeah. really been just over a year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because it's been a really long year, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... uh yeah, and then I just I just try to take it one day at a time, but I'm always thankful that, you know, all the decisions I made, you know, saying I wanted to play basketball, saying I wanted to go to Edmonton, saying I finally wanted to leave Toronto, um, you know, going to Iran and, and, and playing basketball there, shooting my shot over there. All, all those things, you know, created this totality of where I'm at right now. You know, you, at the end of the day, you're the sum of your decisions and your experiences and you know, at 27 years old, I look back and I'm like, damn, I've lived one hell of a life so far, you know? Yeah. So, you know, what else What else is next, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I can relate to that, especially with, uh, you know, a lot of people think that I do a lot of things, whereas it's really like two lanes for me. You know, I got the video side of things, which is my, my media company, and then I got, you know, my music side of things. But the media side of things, there are multiple branches, mm-hmm. right? There's the podcast, there's, you know, videos, there's, you know, there, there can be multiple branches. But for me, I can totally relate to that, you know. And, um, yeah, I think because you didn't go to business school, right? Like you were, that wasn't your thing. So no. you're more into business now than you were, you know, before. Um, what kind of, what was the, I guess... What piqued your interest? Was it because your father um, was, you know, a serial entrepreneur and you were like, you know what, I want to kind of learn, you know, business side of things. I kind of want to learn, you know, how things run and the processes of, of, of business. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it that reason or did you kind of just was like, you know, when you started the gift of gab, you were like, OK, well, um, you know, when you start something, you start looking at it as a business. Well, a lot of people do mm-hmm. you look at it as a business and you you start putting that la you start seeing the ladder mm-hmm. as i as i would say um where where, where did that peak of bi- interest for business come from i think it came from working with my father mm-hmm. um i've never really had a desire to really be in business or anything like that uh i was i was cool with just you know having a good paying job and coasting through life yep. you know um, but when my dad wanted to start his business, um, and I was put into it, me and my brother were just, you know, we weren't put into it. We we decided to, you know, to help out with it and stuff like that. And you wanted to learn how to be like efficient at it, you know. So um, that time apart that I wasn't living with my dad, you know, I was learning a lot from my mom. And then when my dad said he wanted to go into business and stuff, and we decided to say, yeah, let's do it. You know, I'm like, okay, let me make up for this lost time and 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 learn this game from my dad because this is not my dad's first. It was not my dad's first business. You mm-hmm. know, he's had several businesses, and and it's really admirable to see someone continue to try to pursue, uh, you know, freedom from from a, from a lifestyle standpoint. And and I think business gives you that. You know, when you go into business, whatever it is that you want to do, and I've always been a big reader, so, you know, the times that I spent uh, in the store when there wasn't really anything going on, I would just teach myself. Uh, I'd read business books. Um, I'd listen to a lot of business podcasts and just try to understand uh, the game that I'm playing in now, Mm -hmm. you know. 
uh it's kind of like you know here's a playbook go read it yeah so being hands-on helps but you know being in that atmosphere you got to kind of take the accountability to kind of learn some of the tricks of the trade yourself Mm. so you know probably in the first within the first year of uh, the business while I was still studying you know I opted to take courses that taught me about organizations taught me about um, how business is structured in society and um, the internal things that make a business go mm-hmm. um, I've always I'm a big I'm big on education but I don't think education needs to be formal education I think once you leave school you can continue to learn mm. uh, whether it's from people whether it's from books whether it's from excuse me videos so i just try to take that with me and you know understand that i don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. and took my learning into my own hands and so that's where yeah being in the business kind of piqued my interest yeah and then it was able i was able to take the stuff from here and apply it to the gifted gab as well yeah and 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 all the other projects i'm doing so I began to look at everything from the lens of a business, you know, yeah. the structure of, of hustling and, and, and seeing that, you know, investing time, investing money and all this stuff with the idea that it may return mm-hmm. down the line. Not that it may, that it, it, it will if you do your research, if you do your due diligence. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah. I relate to that too, man. I think, I think education doesn't have to be formal like you said i think the biggest things that i've learned how i've learned the biggest in in the biggest ways have been through experience and through my own curiosity of like you know researching and figuring out stuff like i also don't have a business background i have a science background a lot of people don't know that you know i I studied biology in school i have Mm -hmm. a biology degree Mm -hmm. You know, the, the path for me was to be in, 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 in a job in the medical field um, in some way, shape, or form. So um, I was also in that position of like, okay, what do I do now? And, uh, you know, obviously with my passions with for video and video production, I was always doing it on the side. It was a side hustle, making cash here and there. But it was never, I never saw it as like, okay, this is going to be the thing. Um, but there came a moment in time uh probably kind of closer to the end of my degree where I was like, okay, I got to make a decision. Am I going to go into the medical field and go full on in here? Or am I going to, you know, this unknown path of business Mm -hmm. and video production? I have no idea. So I just told myself a year, I'll give myself a year and figure it out. Um, And if I can't figure it out in a year and if I'm not making any money in a year, school's always going to be there. So um as immigrant immigrant parents as you probably know they they don't like that of <laughs> they don't man they don't like the whole you work for a year and you yeah, know they don't they school is the end all be all mm-hmm. right so yeah man no that's awesome i think um i think i think our paths are kind of similar kind of similar in that sense where we're kind of self-driven mm-hmm. and i see that and i see a lot of that especially with the gift of gab and the side projects that we've been talking about. Um, what's one of like the biggest lessons you've learned going through um, working with your dad, um, creating the gifted gab, um, working with a partner, and you know we're just working with others in this realm of business? Yeah, of course you're. You know, a lot of people have the resources, right? They have the YouTube, they have Google, they have books. Like we all have those resources now, and it's 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 abundant in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, but there's 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 sometimes a gap between that right there's a gap between the actual theory and then the actual execution of mm-hmm. things and so from your from i guess up until now what's one of the biggest things you've learned work a working with others um in the business but also creating your own projects man i think the biggest thing i've learned is that you know when you do something for yourself you can see the rewards from the work you put in. Um, growing up, like, you know, I, I worked like the odd jobs. I always wanted the freshest pair of sneakers. Uh, so my hustle was in my hands at the end of the day. Yeah. And if I wanted something, I had to do 
X, Y, and Z to get it. Um, and I didn't realize that at the age, you know, 14, 15, 16, when I'm, you know, a young kid that wants just a fresh pair of sneakers, I didn't really take in that, you know, your hustle would determine your salary. I didn't realize that. But now, uh, you know, as an adult, I've realized that, you know, in the business world, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, if I wake up and I'm dedicating X amount of hours here, I'm going to see it pay off over here. Mm -hmm. That's what I really realized. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of didn't have that with the jobs I was working. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I had like really good jobs, I was making good money. There was always this cap at how much money I could make. Yeah. And the jobs are for me were always about money you know i used to lie, my, lie to myself and tell myself you know i do like this job mm. and, and and i did have fun mm-hmm. but there's always like you get the paycheck and you're like you know damn you know i'm doing all this work and you know this is this is my money and yeah. i wait for the next two weeks you know um my dad didn't really see it like that my dad always saw like okay hey you know i'm gonna invest this this and this and the money's just gonna come and come and come and you know i saw him as an example of that Mm -hmm. but more closely now you know not when i was a kid i didn't really get to see that example as an adult i see it okay he built this this business it's standing here It's it's a staple in the community people know who he is and it pays him you know how can I build something like that mm-hmm. where it's a staple in the community people know me from it and I can make some money from it you know and it's something that it's it's something tangible that shows for the work you've done you know I was working at the city and I liked I liked what I was doing I was affecting kids and you know and it was a results based business and it ended up in a promotion for me over there but it was still there wasn't that much to show for what I was putting in. And I think that was the thing I learned that, you know, in the business world, it's about building. You know, you can build this company and then have something to show for it and then it has value. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you decide what you want to do with it. You want to sell it, you want to keep building it, you want to expand. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much more um, decision-making, I feel like, you know. Yeah. A lot more accountability on, on you, the individual. You got to make decisions at the end of the day. Do I keep going with this? Do I stop? Do I bring somebody in? Do I, you know... So that that's what I learned. The biggest thing is that you have that freedom to choose how you go about things. And, and those choices that you make can make you money or yeah. they can make you go broke. You know, yeah. I think it's, it's really... In the business world, a, a few decisions can have you a millionaire, but a few decisions can also have you from a millionaire to broke. Right, it's just about you know stringing the right decisions together and, and making sure they make sense in the long run. Yeah. You know, so that's what I got working uh, from in the business world, and now it's like, man, I, I could never look back now. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm too far deep now. You yeah. know, and it's fun. I wake up every morning and I'm like, you know, what's on the what's on what's on the menu today? Yeah. You know, what are we tackling? What are we taking on? I like that lifestyle. You know, I like it, and like I see, like my dad wakes up, and and he loves that. You know, he I've never seen him so happy. You know, in the time that I've been able to spend with him, he's ecstatic every day. You know, I'm yeah. like, that's a man who's in in control of his destiny. Yeah. You know, I need that. Mm. You know, that's what I want out of life. I want to wake up and know that whatever I do today, tomorrow's in my hands. So that's what I learned from business, and. Mm. and you know, how could you hate that? You know, how could you not want to do it like that, right? No, 100%. You, you, you hit on a couple different topics. I kind of want to talk, like I want to, you know, say, say a couple things about that. And I think, you know, when you're working the, you know, the nine to five, you know, the amount of time equals, you know, the paycheck, mm-hmm. right? So you're exchanging time for, for money. In the business world, whatever value you bring to the market is what you're going to get out of it exactly you know and that's perceived value mm-hmm. right so a consumer for example somebody who um, i take this example just based on you know me creating marketing material for companies and, and clients 
is that some companies and clients will see the value of video like very important. They see in the next five years, everything's going online. Everything is going to be video based. So they are willing to invest in video for their business Mm -hmm. or for whatever they're doing. Other clients, they see video as like the bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And so that's perceived value, right? So that's, so, uh, so depending on who that person is, that consumer, I get to decide the dollar value, but then they get to decide whether they're, they're going to purchase it or not. So the beauty of business is I get to decide that dollar value. Mm-hmm. I get to decide what I put in my pocket. I can say that this video costs a dollar or it costs 20000 yeah. right? And now it's up to the buyer or the consumer to make that decision, mm-hmm. whether they want to hire me or not. And whether they see the value of that or not. And that's obviously there's other factors. But whereas, you know, when you're working a nine to five, you are exchanging that hour mm-hmm. for that, you know, for that money. And and, and that, that's the the rush and the, the adrenaline you get out of business is you got to wake up and you get to decide mm-hmm. what you're going to do today. You get to decide what that dollar amount is going to be. You get to decide what problems you get to solve. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like the bigger problems equal a bigger paycheck Mm -hmm. you know if you can solve more problems for people you will get paid accordingly and that's all based on the market right and i kind of take the example of amazon amazon you know at first was selling books Mm -hmm. you know as first you know is solving one problem now you look at it obviously now that it's it's huge but they're solving multiple problems multiple problems the convenience of not having to get out of your own bed and and you know you, you, you two clicks and you have whatever you want at your doorstep it's convenient it's short like it's it's quick mm-hmm. right there's so many problems that you don't really think about that they solve that it's like oh boom yeah immediately you think amazon right mm-hmm. so um i don't know i think that especially guys like me and you i think we get excited by the fact that we can control and we can steer our own lives into through business in the way that we want to and we get to learn Mm -hmm. like we we you know we get to learn and we're at the forefront exactly if we fall flat on our face we're gonna we're gonna feel that Mm -hmm. and we're gonna know that we're gonna learn from it yeah yeah and then if we get a big win we get a big win on that front but that's the risk we're taking whereas you could you could be going back to the city or you could go work somewhere else and you know that your paycheck is gonna be that Mm -hmm. you know so it's interesting because I never really looked at it from that business lens. It, mm-hmm. It's it's funny because when people are like, "Oh, you're in business. Oh, you you do so many things. You're an entrepreneur." I've never really looked at it like that. You know, I always saw my dad as a businessman, but for myself, I never looked at myself as a businessman. I just looked at it as like these are the things I like. You know, everything I do is attached to a why. Mm. You know me working at the store is like you know that's my family you know that's for you know long term that's for my family um you know the gifted gab is more a fulfillment thing you know, like a personal fulfillment you know something where i can feel like you know, i can speak on issues i can write i can creatively express myself you know that's the why attached with that and then you know the other stuff like in terms of advocacy with the collective and stuff like that that's just me wanting to be vocal about things that i you know, I feel like I'm a disruptor, you know, so I never look at those things as business, but being in the business world, I analyze them with the business lens. Yeah. But I never really look at them and say, you know, crunch numbers and, and, and be super analytical. I just follow my passions. And because I have that business sense now, I'm able to, you know, conceptualize it from from a business standpoint you know i I can make sense of stuff financially now because i i have the background it's not a a hefty background but it's hands-on and you know i have to i have to test things you know sometimes maybe this method of advertising works sometimes it doesn't you know it's like it's it's learning in real time it's like hands-on learning it is yeah yeah and then it allows you you know you, you build reps you know i always take it back to basketball it's like you get those reps you know, and then some of the reps are bad. Some of the reps are good. Yeah. But it's about accumulating those reps so that 
the things that you're doing in the business sense or creating or whatever, it becomes second nature. Mm. And then, you know, five years in, you look and you're like, okay, this thing that I had so much trouble with at first, it's now it's like clockwork. It's yeah. easy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really just finding that groove. Yeah. You know, finding that routine and yeah, so it's 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 been a it's, it's been a journey. Yeah. But I just try to have fun with it and just be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome, brother. I think uh the biggest thing for me right now and something that I've been really interested in is the um, the number side of business, like understanding through and through the numbers of your business, mm-hmm. but also um, scalability yeah. and delegation. And I kind of want to go into that with you a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this message is brought to you by ATB Financial built to help Albertans. ATB's campaign is here to answer questions commonly asked by Albertans in these tough times. Fun fact, ATB opened in 1938 to provide support to Albertans during hard times and has since supported Albertans through both the bad and the good. Especially with the unprecedented times we've been living in, ATB is here to help Albertans as Alberta slowly recovers from the effects of COVID-19. While we all know the downturn is not necessarily completely over, ATB was built to help Albertans as they try to rebuild and find their new normal. Even now, good advice is within reach. As you guys know, listening to our podcast as well, your financial situation today, tomorrow, or this very hour is why ATB is here. ATB will listen and help with the knowledge and solutions that you need right now. So why? Because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit ATB.com. You know, a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, they tend to want to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and of course, I mean, it's, again, something that you create, it's your baby. Yeah. You want to do everything and everything to make sure that it, it's your way. Um, but in order to scale a business, you can't do everything on your own. You need a team. You need people that you trust, uh, trusted advisors, people that understand your business and that you're willing to let go of certain things. Mm-hmm. And and it's for me, especially this year, I've learned to delegate a lot of things, even though the things I can do myself mm-hmm. because I'm forcing myself to get out of the mentality of being the employee the accountant, the salesman, <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy that's working on the business. What do you use, and what's what's your what's your opinion on that, and and what are your thoughts on on scalability and delegation? That's actually a really good question. Uh, when it comes to delegation, you know, you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first opened the store, I was like, I'm gonna do everything. I might as well. You know, I did the website. You know, I did the marketing. Yeah, I was still, you know, frontline, hand-to-hand sales, you know. So I was, I was doing a little bit of everything. And as we kind of established ourselves more and more, I'm like, okay, what can I, you know, channel my energy towards that I'm good at, you know? Um, I'm really good with the back-end stuff now, you know, and I let my brother and my dad handle more of the, the, the sales and, and, you know, that type of stuff. So for for me, it's like, okay, I got to put my energy into this. We have a team, though. There's three of us, mm-hmm. right? And then I was able to transfer that to the Gifted Gap because me and Andre, we have really uh, overlapping skill sets. But then you learn, okay, maybe you work on X, Y, and Z, and I'll work on A, B, and C, right? And that way you realize, that, okay, certain attention needs to go to certain things but you can't do everything and in business you either got to decide time versus money are you going to take the time to do this or are you going to invest money to have somebody else do it for you that's what it really comes down to you can't have you can't have both but to be efficient to be effective you know you can you know delegate the time yourself and, and work on you know the website the market and all that stuff and yeah, you'll save some money, but then it takes you away from some other things that need your attention. You know, so eventually every, you know, the hustler's life is filled with decisions you got to make. Yeah. At one point, you got to make that decision to say, okay, maybe I need to put X amount of dollars 
towards the website now so that I can focus on, you know, the the, the uh, sales forecasts or, 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 you know, advertising, you yeah. know. So, and COVID was really, uh, what, what really opened my eyes to me, expanding my skill set, or not expanding, maybe so focusing my skill set on one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, let me learn Google Ads and let me learn that, that landscape because that's something that is difficult to wrap your head around it's a science you know yeah and you know i'll let you know my dad and my bro take care of the sales side of things with the store you know for the gifted gab was like okay how can i focus on writing content you know so it's like okay maybe you bring in a videographer mm-hmm. you know maybe you bring in someone that understands business development or marketing mm-hmm. so that you can focus on what makes your product good mm-hmm. you know and if you're doing everything then you lose sight of what has gotten you to a certain point. Yeah. You know, so you have to make that decision and say, okay, I'm going to bring somebody in so I can focus on this. Yeah. And then that's where you can scale. Yeah. Right. I think the, the, the sacrifice, and this is where some, this is where, this is where people get stuck is they get stuck in the sense of, well, they're not going to make the website as good, as good as I would make it. Mm. (laughs) You know, they're not going to make, my merchandise or my prod like my you know they're not going to market the way i wanted them to market mm-hmm. they have a tough time letting go you know they, they want to be ingrained in every little detail of micromanaging micromanaging right. yeah right and that's that's what i feel like stops and hinders somebody because they just can't they can't let go and they can't trust another human being mm-hmm. to get the job done and again of course, it's not that person's business, right? Mm-hmm. They might be getting paid for the project, right? It might not turn out exactly how what how you want it, yeah. right? But I feel like you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with knowing that okay, it might not turn out the way I want it, but it's going to be fa- like mm-hmm. it's going to be a, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Website is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. but it's not mu- the the bar on the left isn't going to be exactly three inches to the left because that's how i see it but Mm -hmm. that person might not see it though that way absolutely and the way you can kind of mitigate that it's tough with the website thing but how i've looked at it is you got to create systems you have to create a system that can allow you to step away from whatever part of the business you need to delegate you know um it's so hard to consciously make the right decision every single time we only have so many decisions, right? And in especially right now with the technology that we have access to, we can create a system or implement a system that does the thinking for us. You know, whether it's ads, whether it's accounting, whether it's even if it's the website, you know, maybe it's like, okay, maybe I, I, I wanna update or upgrade my website, you know, what's a system I can implement that can kind of do a little bit of thinking for me and I can let this guy take take his craft and you know take it as far as he can. I think we're only filled with so many decisions per day. You know, and I still like to pick what I want to wear <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of the day. You know what I mean? So, you know, delegating is also about how can I save my decisions for what I need to focus on and creating systems whether it's, you know, advertising whether it's what to do with the money that you're bringing in when you can create something that does the thinking for you and i'm not saying like using ai or whatever it might be as simple as okay you get this this sale it's maybe seven percent of your profits goes to a marketing uh account or something Mm -hmm. like that you know it's it's something where i don't have to consciously go and and look at the numbers and do it myself correct yeah you know so that's also i think a key to scaling Mm -hmm. is creating and implementing systems because after a certain point you know you don't want to be doing hand-to-hand sales forever no you want to be able to scale but if you're still doing that hand-to-hand how can you think about the back end and how can you think about expanding if you're still on the floor having to take care of that stuff yeah and and another thing is timelines Mm -hmm. right how can you shorten a sale Mm -hmm. from a to z you know what I mean? Yeah. Like from from beginning, from inquiry to close, mm-hmm. and and not only close but the end product, right? Exactly. So, 
it's, I think of it from like again, I'm taking it back from to my business is is the, the video stuff and the marketing stuff. There's a process, mm-hmm. right? From a, when a person inquires until when we actually go to shoot or edit or whatever that ends up being. By the time the the the, the client gets the end product or service. I've always been thinking about how can, how can I make this as efficient as possible? How can you simplify it? How can I simplify it? Mm. How can I shorten this? How can I get you a video or marketing piece instead of in two weeks in a week? Yeah. Where are the, where are the bottlenecks? And I, and that's where I've been so interested in the last again, year of Mm. just figuring out, okay, where can I shorten that? How can I make it more efficient? Because I'm answering the same questions yeah. over and over again. I'm, at, I'm doing the same things over and over again. Um, and where can, I, where can I shorten that? Because if I can shorten it, now I can do more projects. Exactly. Now I can get to the point where, oh, I have X amount of dollars coming in a month. Okay, now I can hire that part-time employee. I can hire that full-time employee. I can hire that marketing person. Mm-hmm. But if I'm spending so many hours on the website or so many hours on this or so many hours on that and it's taking me longer and longer you have no chance to scale exactly and it's also about you know what are the tools that you can use to make your job easier at the end of the day we only have 24 hours right so at like we want to buy back our time right so we need to implement tools we need to pay for some things we need to invest to have our time back because when we have our time back if we can free up two three hours to work on this project not only have you created a system that can carry itself now you can think about the next system or the next thing or the next project or the next you know whatever it is my first year you know working in the store uh, one of the first books i read was the small canadian business guide it is a dry book it's super dry but it gives a basic rundown of all the aspects of the business world you know whether it's the legal stuff legal structures you know advertising internet taxes accounting mm. you know just to give myself a, a little bit of a almost like a syllabus of what to expect you know and then it was like okay if i needed anything to understand anything further there was the internet or there was you know here's this product you can buy you know and even now with my more creative projects you know, we talk about starving artists and stuff. Why are artists starving when they come into this creative world? Well, it's because they neglect the business side of it. You know, if you come in and you understand, you know, intellectual property, if you understand, you know, legal structures and what money is out there and all this stuff, there isn't a need to starve. Mm. You know, it's just that I think a lot of people, when they think about the arts and they're like, oh, there's no money in it. They haven't, they're not looking for the money in it, you know. And I was, I don't remember what book I read, I think it was How to Make It in the New Music Business. They say, before you officially release a piece of music, the creating and business like uh, seesaw is 80 20. As soon as you release a piece of music, it becomes 50 50, you know. So if you haven't created a system to honor that 50-50 and you're still taking the 80-20, now you're neglecting the business side of the music, right? And yeah, it's, the book was about the music business, but I think that translates to everything, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's film, podcasting, you know, there's a balance and, and systems that need to be in place. Yeah, That's why people have managers. That's why people have a, you know, uh, an engineer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do everything yourself. No, totally, man. And I think... And I think the it's it's the business side for creatives is boring, mm-hmm. and that's why they get, they avoid it. And it's and it's it's, uh, it's it's boring. It's unknown. It's you know, or it just might be lack of education. Right? Yeah. It might be lack of like I don't know how this works. I think I'm doing it the right way, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? I just want to make my music, or I just want to make my piece of art, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I'm I'm very now that you brought that up, I'm very passionate about the subject because I I agree 100%. There should not be starving artists. Zero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you, if you are pursuing an art or a passion, you need to pursue the business side of things. Absolutely. You need to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. This is a doggy dog world. Absolutely. Every company around you, anything that happens, like 
people are only looking out for their best interests. Exactly. And, and the, the, the smoke of like, you know, I want to help you get to the next level. Or I want to help you do this, help you do that. And I'm not going to charge you. There's no such thing as a free lunch. No. Okay. There's a, there's a law in um, the book called The 48 Laws of Power by Love Robert Greene. Love that book. It's called There's No Such Thing as a Free Lunch. Yeah. So those, those creators go read that book heavily to gain some power in your life because it doesn't matter how holy or how how nice the person is um there is an exchange there's know? always an exchange there's, an o- there's always an exchange there's no i'm gonna just give you this and that's yeah. it maybe a friend you know maybe a close like a brother a family member someone you've known for a decade or two okay maybe but mm-hmm. they're not gonna go above and beyond for you they might but that's in a very rare circumstance but mm-hmm. people that especially creatives in this business they got to understand that and I, and I and i look at like i look at a guy like russ for example yeah. you know and i'm very he always talks about this stuff he always mm-hmm. talks about the business side he always talks about how he owns everything and how he he runs things why mm-hmm. what for it's important it's 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 important he wouldn't he wouldn't have the mclaren he wouldn't have the big house he wouldn't have uh, the the royalties from TuneCore had he not understood business etiquette and business mm-hmm. and, and and understanding you know bringing leverage to yeah. these companies right building leverage for yourself absolutely so. I always attribute it to um you know I've I've been doing the modeling thing for five years and when I first wanted to start out you know I started out with Sportcheck. And they paid really well. I didn't have an agent. I just walked into a casting and said, hey, I want to do this, you know. And when I went to look for an agent after, they were like, okay, you got to pay X, Y, and Z for these photos. And da, 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 da. And I was like, I've already got some work. You know, why do I have to, you know, pay for this stuff? I didn't understand that. It's like they didn't see the value in me yet mm. until I went and I went back to Toronto and I did some modeling jobs there and I built my portfolio on my own and now I came back and I said hey I I want representation I went to the same agency but the conversation was different because I had something to show for it you know and when you're talking about that exchange if you got no value the only exchange you have to offer is their dollars for their services correct but now it's like I have a portfolio I can make money I've shown that I can make money you know I'm bringing value to you. Yeah. What can you guys do for me now? Yeah, exactly. Like the conversation changes. It it's com- changes completely. It changes completely. And then it was like, okay, now I'm, I'm, now I've got representation, and now they're booking more and more and more jobs for me. And it's, yeah, it takes time, it takes patience, but you also gotta sometimes just bet on yourself and and come back with a something to show for what you've done. And I think when you were talking about the value that. You know, uh, when you're when you're in the media game, and you're saying, "Hey, I I can do this video," you know that value comes from the work you have to show for it from before. Yeah. You know, and when you're coming in and you're prepared, and you know, I think Nipsey said it. You know, when you're, when you're self-made, you have all the leverage. Yeah. Right. When you have something to show for what you've done that you own that you can show, you know, the conversation is different now. Yeah. You know, and then. You know, it's just it's just really understanding the game you're yeah. playing in, and it's so important. When we come back to starving artists, it's like you know, you shouldn't be starving. Don't yeah. neglect that part of the, the part of the business. Yeah, it's a part of it. How do you expect to get paid for your art? How do you expect to get paid for a performance? How do you expect to get paid for this stuff? You know, what's the business model? Yeah, and I, it's 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 so so important. And I think now, with technology and social media, we're starting to see. You know more examples of what it looks like when a business is fruitful and your business and your art can be one in the same yeah if you take the time to understand the business side of it yeah yeah so no i agree there was a, a story i want to share um when 50 cent was uh creating um his album mm. the one you know, with get richard die trying uh get richard die trying yeah, yeah classic and uh i was watching this video on youtube and i want to share this because i think it's 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 relevant but um there were there were some producers that were working on uh in the club mm-hmm. right he got the beat um there was this one guy um producer who 
he was his guy. Like he's a homie. He's a guy that he's been working with for years, and now he just signed to Aftermath. They're about to release this album. They're about to release in the club. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest bangers of all time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and now that he's signed to Aftermath, the producer knows that Fifty has some money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so Fifty wants to record with him. Guy asks for, th- uh, I think he asked for thirty thousand dollars <laughs> to record. Mm-hmm. Now this is a think of a homie, mm-hmm. right? Think of a guy you've been working with for years in the basement. Yes, you guys have had no money, nothing, nothing, nothing is manifested at this point. Mm-hmm. You're broke, but you guys are recording. You guys are working together, so you're close. Now that he knew that Fifty signed with Aftermath, he asked for thirty thousand dollars. Fifty said no. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I think he said I'll give you. I don't know what the term is, but I think it was called a chip. Mm-hmm. It's like one chip or something. I can't remember. It could be wrong, but it's like one chip or something. One, one something of the song. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was was he gets one percent of the, yeah the profit and the the, the royalties off this the song, the song mm-hmm. instead of the thirty grand to record. Now the producer didn't understand business mm-hmm. he th- he thought that 50 was trying to jip him jip him yeah and so he didn't accept oh he he actually upped it he said 50 grand or something like that so mm-hmm. again from from the story from what i've from what i heard um and I, i'm not sure if it's accurate but again so 50 you know was like, 50 was actually looking out for him yeah but the producer thought he was jipping getting mm-hmm. getting jipped and long story short he ended up giving the thirty thousand dollars to the producer. Kept all hundred, yeah. The 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 chip, and I guess they were estimating what that chip was. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was worth like in the tens of tens of millions of dollars now. <laughs> so he asked for thirty grand, but in the long run, he could have made ten million dollars. Yeah. And uh, I just think about that, and I'm like, man. Now you look. I mean, again, you can only look back, like connect the dots, looking back. Uh, back. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like I think about that, and it's like a lot of people again not understanding their business, mm-hmm. not understanding what that means, because mm-hmm. you didn't understand what that. What, what does a chip mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't want. I don't want this. I want the. I want the. Give me the cash. Give me something real right now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you understood that, hey, yeah. what happens with this blows up. That risk. That risk, yeah. Sure, you might not have had the 30 grand. You might have needed the 30 grand right now, maybe to pay rent, maybe to buy food. Mm -hmm. The problem is sometimes we can't see past our nose. Yeah. You know, and and especially if we don't understand, like we were saying, the game you're playing in, you know, it's so easy for me to say, oh, I would have done that, obviously, you know. Uh, But you'll never really know until you're in the moment. But, you know, understanding the business you're in, you know, understanding the business you're trying to be in mm-hmm. is so important. And, you know, those guys like 50, um, you know, Jay-Z, I'm a big Jay-Z guy. That's my favorite Jay-Z's rapper, the man. you know. Uh, they came in and they understood the game they were playing in, you know. And, and, like, those guys are my inspirations. I look at them and they understand the business side of music. You know, Nipsey, right? We talk about these guys that are really giving us free game. Literally. if we're listening yeah. <laughs> but the problem is a lot of us don't listen no you know um, so you look at Jay-Z yeah I think when he came into the rap game yeah, nobody wanted to sign him mm. so what did he do he came in with his two friends and started his own uh, business yeah. and he owned everything yeah you know and then when it was time for him to step away he had built this company which was Rockefeller and he'd accepted a an executive job with Def Jam and he said, I'm selling my shares of the company. You know, and that's everything that happens now in the business world. You talk about like Twitter, Uber, Facebook. This is the same thing. These are the same nuances. Yeah. These guys build these companies and at a certain point, like I'm going to sell my shares of the company and now you're sitting on capital. Mm. You know, that's that's how the business world works. But, you know, sometimes it'll go over our heads if we don't look at it like that. Yeah. You know, so when I see, 
you know, Jay-Z, I see 50, I see, you know, Nip, I see guys that, even Drake, you know, I see guys that understand the business and the game that they're playing in. And you got to give them, you got to give them props. Yeah, you got to give them respect. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's something that, again, for me, it's all, it's always been such an interest because it, it, because I I hate when I hear stories like that, you know, about creatives getting getting screwed over Mm -hmm. because it's easy to take the advanced check it's so easy you know because it's like wow i've never seen this type of money before i've never seen a thirty thousand dollar check i've never seen a hundred thousand dollar check but what does that advance really mean Mm -hmm. you know why why is that company giving you a hundred k right off the top yeah right right off the cuff or uh russ was talking about it he's like a million dollars in the music in the music industry is nothing Oh, that's pebbles. Like a million dollars, like half of that goes to taxes. A percentage goes to the lawyers. A percentage goes to the record label. A per- by the time that million dollar check comes, like by the time you pay everything off, I think he was, he was I think he was like, it was like you end, ended up with like anywhere between like 250 or 350,000. That's crazy. So like that million dollar check is actually 300 grand. Yeah. But you don't see it that way because it's like, oh my god, I got a million dollars. Like, let's go, sp- let's, go <laughs> let's go buy yeah. that three hundred thousand dollar car, that mm-hmm. the drip, right? Everything, yeah. It's an advance, right? It's it's yeah. almost like a business loan, or it's like a student loan in a sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they don't see it. They don't that. see that. Well, and it's tough to see it. It's tough because, you know, you think about it. Like, here's a guy. He's been working, you know, five, six years on this music, putting his all into it, like all the energy and starving artist right yeah you come and wiggle a million dollars in front of somebody of course life-changing money it's the carrot you know it's it's you know and that's when people were like oh people selling their souls for music it's a it that's um that's a what's it called that's an analogy people don't literally sell their soul for music like start worshiping the devil no 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 they sign this (laughs) they sign these contracts which own everything that they produce yeah for a million dollars you know for a certain dollar amount and then especially right now you the, the rhetoric is always like oh you know i want to get out of my contract you know but and i can't say that you know if i was in the position i'd probably do the same thing you wave a million dollars i mean i don't know my worth yeah i don't know what i'm worth to the world when you wave a million dollars i mean master p always talks about it. he's like a white man came to me with a million dollar check He's like, I was fighting with my brother. He said, why, why, why aren't you taking that check? He says, you know, if this guy says I'm worth a million dollars, what am I really worth? Mm. 40, 50, you know, 10, like have to be worth something. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's a, that's a tough conversation to have with yourself, especially when you've been crafting and doing whatever you've been doing for X amount of years. You want to see something in return for that well yeah and especially if you're broke especially yeah. <laughs> you wave a check in your face of course that's going to be tempting 100 percent. there's another story uh sylvester stallone do you know oh, his yeah. story oh yeah i love his story his story is insane it's right? amazing About the, the rocky the rocky story yeah. how he how he wrote the script and then the guys wanted to buy the script off him but he said nah i need to be acting in it and i need to i need to be a part of this and he sold his dog like such a powerful story anyone who hasn't heard sylvester stallone's come up you have to yeah. you have to go check it out but yeah it's like but the i think again a knowing your worth but b understanding the game you're playing mm-hmm. and see what your next moves are yeah i feel like that you know understanding okay like a guy like jay-z mm-hmm. you know not getting signed okay i'm gonna start my own shit yeah. i'm gonna start doing what i need to do and figuring it out mm-hmm. and making that move yeah. and understanding and doing it right it's it's all about it's all about making those decisions that are tough but but quick mm-hmm. and, and and if you have you know the right mentality and knowing 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 your worth i think um i think you'll be fine but it's tough when things like that come up and you have to make that decision exactly i think what helps make the decision easier is your long-term plan you know we were talking about 50 Cent and Jay-Z. I remember when, when Jay-Z finally became a billionaire, I wasn't surprised because he said on a song with 50 Cent, next is a Billy. And that was 15 mm. years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it, it's about the long game. You know, when you have your, your, your vision mapped out, the decisions in between 
become so much clearer because mm-hmm. you're going to know, okay, if I'm trying to, if 10 years from now I want to be here and I'm, you know, here's this fork in the road and I got to pick one or the other, the decision comes down to which is going to bring me to that 10 year, that 10 year decision. Yes. You know, and up until I was like 24, 25, I didn't really think like that. You know, everything for me was like, basketball you know how can i play basketball how can i play basketball how can yeah. i position myself to play basketball and get in my education and stuff now i'm thinking well, okay where do i want to be when i'm 35 40 so a lot of the decisions that i make is 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 a lot more clear cut because there's an end goal in sight you know so when that 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 fork in the road comes and you have to make a decision the choice is much clearer because i made a choice of where i want to be long term mm-hmm. right so then that choice comes down to which decision is going to bring me closer to that goal. Mm. You know, and I think I'm, I'm, I look at myself as a professional manifester. You know, I write everything down. I mean, you've seen the, the, the white whiteboard wall in my office. Hell yeah. And, <laughs> I love that. You know, and, and everything is, is, is in my face. It's, it's subconsciously just planted in my head. So now the decisions, the day-to-day decisions, they become easier now. Now yeah. it's like, okay, I should probably be in bed by 11.30 because, yeah. <laughs> because if I'm staying up and doing this nonsense, it doesn't contribute to what I'm trying to do long term. Yeah, You know, and I, I know this kind of stuff sounds like really, really preachy or like, you know, but that's just that's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, if you have, if you've made a decision on who you want to be, yeah. everything in between, all the decisions in between become easy. Yeah. Like seamless actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's that's facts, brother. I think. I I think it's it's very difficult to. Uh, make a decision when uh, the analogy of you know you're driving on the road but it's super foggy. Mm. You can't see the direction or you can't see the path. Mm-hmm. You know where you want to go. Yeah. But you you don't know the path. You don't know the next step. No steps. Um. But I think that's the beauty of business and that's the beauty of being disciplined and having a faith. All these ingredients contribute to getting, building that path, yeah. you know, going going through what you need to go through. Because you don't know, like, again, like, even with Jay-Z, too, and we're going back to him, but, like, Rockefeller could have been a flop. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it could have not been what it is. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z might not have been Jay-Z. 100%. Right? There could have been the opposite. Mm-hmm. But he bet it on himself. He bet on himself. Um, he studied the game. He made decisions quickly. He, You know what I mean? And and those are the things that I feel like a lot of uh, people who want to get to certain, certain spots in their life or want to get to, you know, that success of whatever they, they've started or doing or, or maybe want to try, they don't. They, they don't they, they they don't bet on themselves enough mm-hmm. and i think um even with me like i i had no idea what business was you had no idea what business was we had no idea mm-hmm. oh you know you, you, i didn't have a four-year degree in commerce yeah. i don't know how to like i'm and i'm running around doing business i'm running around sitting in 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 meetings with companies that have hundred like in uh, their net worth are hundreds of, hundreds of millions and I'm and I'm this. Yeah, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, who, who am, am I, I compared to them? Yeah, you know. And and but I'm sitting there and I'm confident in my ability to sit across and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You and know what and I mean? that's what right there, that confidence. You know, it, it's, you know, people who are sure of themselves and are willing to bet on themselves, they come off as, they might come off as cocky, they might come off as arrogant, confident, whatever the word you want to use. But that just reassures that you trust yourself you know i know at the end of the day i'm not scared of being broke i've never been scared of being broke because i've been there and i know that if i'm broke i will be able to figure out a way to pull myself out of that you know and that's a really i think that's a a a mentality that you only get from struggle Mm -hmm. you know i think it's a luxury to have that mentality because a lot of people you know they haven't figured figured that part out and it takes it takes time it takes mistakes a lot of mistakes it takes having to lose a lot of money and see you know the money burn in front of your eyes and like but you know it's a part of the game it is it, is, it really is a part of the game and at the end of the day you 
all you have is you. Yeah. You know, if if you can sit there and say, hey, my success is determined by what I decide to do with the time that I'm given, then, you know, I find comfort in that. Yeah. And I'm a betting man. And if I got to bet on myself 10 out of 10 times, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. You know? No, I love that, brother. I'm going to wrap it up yeah. with one one question that we always ask all the all of our guests and that's um what does it mean to be on the second floor and so the second floor for us is the philosophy of always looking to elevate in your life and business and always trying to get to the second floor Mm -hmm. um what does the second floor mean to you man that's a good question you know i'm gonna start first off by saying you know i don't even recognize myself um, from now and this time like last year or five years ago and I think being on the second floor is constantly elevating constantly trying to to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think that our past determines where we have to go it's a part of our identity it's a part of who we are but you know first floor second floor you know what I mean like you're trying to head in that trajectory that direction so I think, you know, being on the second floor is, is constantly trying to move on up one step at a time mm. and and just breaking it down little by little you mm. know, and just trying to chip away, you know. So, yeah. I like that, brother. Appreciate you, man. I like that. I'm going to ask you one last question. It's not more of a question. It's more so what do you want to leave the audience? There's I, I kind of want to kind of want to leave it. A, you can ask a question. Um, you could leave it, you know, as a statement, something mm-hmm. that you want to give advice to for the, for, for our audience. Our audience is always looking for some sort of value. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you want to leave the audience with? I leave the audience with, man, whatever it is in your heart that you think you can do, you can do it. It just takes a little bit of discipline, a little bit of belief in yourself, a little bit of luck, but, you know you can achieve anything and i think we have many many examples to pull from of people who were able to achieve the impossible it just takes that that confidence in yourself that belief in yourself and a why and just go out there and just start somewhere you're never going to have it perfect you're never going to have it figured out from the jump i think the beauty of it is the process and and figuring figuring it out on the go so there's a lot of life in that so yeah no, straight up man thanks again for coming brother I appreciate, appreciate it I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation uh, where can people find you hey we're uh, at the plugins <laughs> uh, the gifted gab we're uh, on all streaming platforms uh, if you're a visual person we're on YouTube as well uh, check us out at thegiftedgab.com um, if you need a carpet I'm your guy Kashan Persian Rugs we're the guys in Edmonton make sure you check out our website come see us in store you know, with COVID going on, we do have protocols in store to make sure you guys can shop safely. And if you're a history person, if you like, if you're curious about, you know, me being Persian, we didn't really talk about that. But you know, I'm uh, the collective for Black Iranians. We're we're being disruptive. We're rewriting ourselves in history. And uh, come find us at the collective for Black Iranians dot org. And yeah, awesome, brother. Thanks again. Um, All those links will be posted, guys, in the description. Um, Make sure to give Alex a follow. Man, I'm super excited to see where you're going to go in the next couple years. Even the next 12 months, man. I I think uh, I'm excited to see what what, uh, manifests. The Second Floor Podcast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown and community supported. 